welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Dan. <laughs> well, and I'm Matt. Awesome. awesome. Yep. Sorry. How you guys doing uh, this uh, quarantine week? God, week three, two? What? I don't even know what, I don't no, know what month it is anymore. It's, week, it's, been, it's the end of week one, it's, isn't it? It's, it's been day two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you guys been uh, up to? How you got keeping yourself busy? I've discovered a part of myself that Ooh. I thought had died long ago. We already talked about the Sonic <laughs> movie, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a it's been a year of discovery for me. Uh but in this case, it is more. Uh, you remember when you're a kid? And you just you'd play games like all day long, and you forget about everything, and you just just play games, uh, and then suddenly yeah. it's suddenly it's bedtime, and you just keep playing games, and you forget, and then it's morning again, <laughs> and the whole world sort of passes you by. Uh huh. Did you did you do that? I did exactly that. I've been playing Doom so much. Oh yeah. So so here's what here's what happened. I've been playing Doom Eternal, and I have thoughts on that game, but I think we'll get to those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been, I've been enjoying it enough that I've been playing it so much that today at around five o'clock, Kelsey said, Hey, have you seen what it looks like outside? <laughs> and which is, which is sort of a, I, uh, I took the, I took the question, <laughs> not as she intended. Um, and then she, she moved the curtain away from the window and it was snowing and I was yeah. like, Holy shit! It's like I felt like I time traveled. I had no clue to next that, winter. It, that it had been <laughs> snowing. It just blew my mind. March twenty twenty one. It was crazy. And then she told me that I should go outside more often. <laughs> it's snowing. Why would you go outside? I don't understand. It was pretty nuts. I, the similar thing happened to me actually. Me and my daughter were playing Minecraft today, and uh, we normally play in like creative mode, but today we decided to start a survival mode so we were kind of in it you know doing the thing and then uh, all of a sudden just like a couple hours pass and it's snowing outside it was it's weird it's weird i i started doom at like 10 o'clock this morning and (laughs) it wasn't until five o'clock that kelsey (laughs) parted the curtain (laughs) and showed me what i'd been missing um dan how about you i know so me and Dan, um, we both have kids, yes. and the quarantine's a little different for us. And I, mar- I remarked to Dan yesterday that um, there's been this thing online on Twitter and stuff where like people are kind of sick of celebrities in their mansions, like moaning about it because it's like, screw you, you're a well, celebrity in a mansion. Fortunately, they sang songs to us and made uh, me. Feel... I didn't even. <laughs> I mean, I didn't sure. Even... <laughs> yeah, but. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was just I was telling Dan that uh, to me, uh, people without kids in quarantine are like celebrities in mansions. Yeah, that that little uh, little buildup you had there, just Matt, right now, where you were saying like I rediscovered a time where I could just play video games for hours on end. <laughs> You're still not there, are you? <laughs> uh, I was getting pretty angry. I was building up some anger through that whole little rant because. <laughs> I've had like <laughs> two minutes to like boot up Animal Crossing, and that's kind of the extent of any sort of uh, bonus game time I've had from the quarantine. But I did, in fact, boot up Animal Crossing, which I've never I've never played any Animal Crossing game before. 
This is my. All right, let's so let's 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 get into this. Yeah. Let's uh, let's start about let's talk about some of the games we play. Let's start with Animal Crossing because me and Danish both are like, eh, Animal Crossing's not my thing, and I, no, I kind of so, almost don't understand it at all. So I'm curious where Dan's at. Of yes, this. I think Daniel, you were actually on the same page as well. Like I think we all just did not understand the appeal, and I actually was almost willing to jump in with you, Dan, but. Um, I have other actually good games to play, so I <laughs> didn't. But no, you tell me what, what's how how are you finding it so well, far? Well, so I, I was in the same boat. I uh, I definitely haven't felt the need to play an Animal Crossing game before. I did play Stardew Valley, and I sort of enjoyed that for what it was. Oh, I love Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty good game, and it's 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 scratching some of those same itches of sort of you know collecting materials, building things, kind of creating a, a home of sorts. Um, so, so far so good. I think the most surprising thing to me has been that I know just from the internet leading up to this, that like, there's all this sort of Tom Nook hatred. And for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know that Tom, he's the, is he the mayor? Or? Um, he's the guy who, or raccoon. I don't know what he is exactly. Yeah. Some sort of animal. And he, um, somehow gets you to agree to, you know, move into his town and, and move into a house there. And then hits you over the head with like a huge debt uh as soon as you've kind of settled in a little bit and so everyone kind of can't stand tom nook historically because he's you know he saddles you with this enormous debt like indentured servitude style as as uh, soon as you're there kelsey's kelsey's been playing this and i i I gotta jump in here because Mm -hmm. you just reminded me um i i did play a little bit of this a long time ago so i am i am well versed in the ways of tom nook um but Kelsey got <laughs> Kelsey got the game and she's been playing. She's never played one either. Uh, and I was like, "Have you met Tom Nook yet?" And she's like, "Yeah, he's really nice." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Really? He hasn't he hasn't uh, hit you with any like you know crippling debt yet?" And she goes, "No, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just on an island." Oh yeah, and you get like, you get to the island. And Tom Nook is like, "Hey, um, you know, if you have time, collect some peaches. I'll make some peach juice for everybody. We'll have a bonfire, <laughs> and then hey, you know what? Why don't you name the island? You can name this yeah, island. Sounds like a." He sounds like a cult leader. No, no, no. So no, it's super it, nice. It's super nice. And cult then, leaders are super nice at first too. I was like, I was like, that's weird because Tom Nook, he usually, you know, he usually like gives you a house and then like drops the bomb on you that you suddenly <laughs> owe him like three hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, I'm. She goes, he goes. I'm pretty sure this is all expenses paid. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Right. You're in for it. Yeah, because he does. He hits you over the head after that first day. You're getting ready. He's like, hey, go go rest, you know, settle in. By the way, uh, here's a phone. Ha- have a phone. It's a nice phone. It'll help you with things. Here's some stuff for your tent. And here's uh, uh, a bill for 60,000 bells, which Oof. is... Uh, you know, which I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But I tell you what, despite the crippling debt, still seems pretty nice to me. He's helping me out the whole time. He's uh, he's giving me stuff, giving me tips, letting me use his workbench. I really, it's a facade. I don't have a problem with mm-hmm. him. He seems like the nicest dude. He flew me to this private island and is hooking me up with all the tech I need to to thrive and live. Um, I think he's a good guy. I don't have a problem with him yet. His, I mean, wait till you find out his secret motives of unleashing Cthulhu or whatever he's going to do. <laughs> Honestly, it can't well, be that much worse than Corona. So it's like, yeah. what are you going to do? So are you yeah. are you enjoying the game? That's the, like, are you are you like excited to play it? Uh, right now, I am excited to play it. Yes, I don't know how long okay. that feeling will last. Um, this is this is the question I have then. Yeah, when, because when I play. 
like God of War, mm-hmm. and, and when I'm not playing God of War, when, when I when God of War was the game that I was playing, but I was like at work or something, sure. I would think to myself, man, I want to get home, I want to play God of War because I want to like unlock new abilities or I want to get better at that combat system or you know any one of those things. Sure. What is the thing in in uh, Animal Crossing that you think I want to go do this thing? Well, so. You mentioned unlocking new abilities. I want to learn new recipes. I want to build new things. Like I have a recipe right now for a homemade uh, a workbench to put in my own, you know, living area instead of having to use Tom's all the time. Which you know, it's nice of him, but I I get the feeling he's gonna hit me on the back end for that one. <laughs> so I want to build that thing. There's a river in my on my island that I don't know how to cross yet. I'm interested in seeing if do I build a bridge? Do I build a boat? How do I get across this river? Because there's like half an island that I can't get access to right now. Um, so I'm interested in those things. I, you know, it kind of also, in addition to Stardew, it sort of reminds me of Don't Starve in a way, which is a game I absolutely love. Um, just like discovering the different things you can build and, you know, collecting the resources to build them and then building them. Except Don't Starve, obviously, you die all the time. So it's a little bit different. But. Um, I'm just interested in learning more about what I can do in this island and how far I get. Now, I feel a similar thing for like Sims games when I play them. And at some point in a Sims game, I'm like, this is just living life where I go to work <laughs> and I yeah. clean my apartment. And this seems I, I don't want to play this anymore. So I may get to that stage in Animal Crossing. It's hard to say. But uh, so far, it's, you know, pretty charming. It's a nice bit of relaxation um, and respite from the the, you know day-to-day stress ball that i currently am and i did actually played it a little bit with my son uh today he just kind of watched over my shoulder while while i played and he was he was into it i got stung by some wasps when i cut down a tree and then i was walking what around with like a swollen eye and he's like dad we gotta we gotta heal your eye i was like that's a good idea i don't know how to do that let's figure it out <laughs> and so um that was that was you know adorable and charming so we'll see how long here's it lasts a, here's a my big deterrent, well, many things, but one of the big deterrents for me of playing the game is that the the idea of it uh, always being on in terms of like a real-time game. So if I'm not playing the game for 12 hours, that's 12 hours that have passed in the world mm-hmm. and bad things can happen or like I have to babysit it. I have to like, I have to log in every day. I have to mow the lawn or whatever or there's always the thing I see people posting where like they don't look at their town for years and they're like infested with cockroaches and things. Uh-huh. Like I don't want to live my life according to Animal Crossing time. Well, I've hit none of that yet. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only thing, it, it did tell me that it's like day and night cycle matches mine. I had to tell it what which hemisphere I was in, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and the like real actual world so that it could match me to, you know, North America's day and night cycle. Um but so far, the only consequence of that is that, uh, you know, the literal day and night go when the day and night here goes. So I don't know if like when I use. <laughs> so that means that like you and me, typically we play when our kids are asleep. Yeah. So if you were to do that with this game, you would never see daylight. It's possible. It, I'll be just a nocturnal creature in Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much effect that has. I know that it does. There are certain animals or insects that only appear at certain times of day. And then I know that. If I log into the <laughs> if I log into the ATM every day, even if I don't do anything, if I just go and log into the ATM, I get bonus bonus money for for being uh 
you know, for checking just like my real life. Yeah, just like real life. Um, so, you know, it's like a little bit of a carrot to get you to play a little bit every day. So I don't know if I log in tomorrow and my tent is is being you know torn down by grizzly bears. Uh, I don't know if I'll keep playing very long, but for now <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying it. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, when I decided to buy it, I was hemming and hawing because it was you know sixty bucks, and there's like four or five different indie games that are 15 bucks that I could buy for the same price. And I'm not sure I made the right decision yet. We'll, we'll see how yeah. it goes. I'll report back. Did you buy it digitally, I assume? What's that? You bought it digitally, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> it's only if there's a way house. I could borrow it from you. Because um, I don't want to make the plunge, but I am curious about if it. If only uh, a certain retailer that we all know and love was still open at the moment, perhaps you could get it used. <laughs> um. I don't know if I want to take the bait for that segue or not. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, we should, right? We just should. All right, so let's let's do a quick check-in with the GameStop Minute. Matt, how are we doing? Uh, well, Danish, I don't know how up to uh, up up to date you are with the the current goings on in in the world around us, but there's a there's a virus going around, and uh, GameStop's been making some moves based on that information. I'm going to say most of those moves are of the downward variety. <laughs> and that's that's about all I want to say about GameStop this week. Thanks thanks for nothing, GameStop. That was the GameStop minute. Um all right, let's talk about um let's talk about Doom. We we've, we've uh, me and Matt have both been playing that. Uh I I've told Matt the other day that um I'm going to buy it on PC because I have this uh, shiny new computer at home that can actually run it and a ultra wide monitor. And it's very exciting. But the thing is, I am not a PC gamer specifically when it comes to mouse and keyboard. I'm just really bad at it. And I thought, you know what? I'm up for, I'm always up for a challenge. Let me, let me learn mouse and keyboard with doom. Let's which just is, tie uh, some bricks to my feet and jump into the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and it was pretty rough at first. Um, I would say that, the first time you see one of those guys on the spider guys, you know, with the turret on their head. Yeah. That that first encounter with those guys, I was just like, I was almost going to give up and like switch to a controller. <laughs> I was having a hard time. Powered through it, got a little further. And then by the time I got to the first Cacodemon, I was feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. I was pretty good. You know, jumping. You just uh, got to fire a grenade down their throats. I was able... The thing that actually... So I've actually gotten pretty good with WASD and mouse in terms of circle strafing, navigating, all that stuff. The thing I'm still tripping up a little bit is all the other keys, like chainsaw on C and, you know, like this is like listening to my dad and... talk about video games. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's too many goddamn, but keyboards were not meant for video games. I'm just going to say. I, well, here's here's but... the thing. Keyboards are far and away the best option for video games. Doom just has way too many fucking things in it. That's like one of the problems I have with the game. It's like you need a button for the the uh, the chainsaw. You need a button for your weird grenade launcher thing. You need a button for your flamethrower. You need a button to change yeah. the grenades that your grenade launcher. For. Like there's so many yeah. goddamn buttons in this game. How does that even fit on a controller on the console version? It's a good question. So yeah, like I bet it's a lot of like better. hold this button to do this thing. Yeah. Hold that button. It's got like a Maya hot box. That pops I really up. don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. Mm. Well, here's the thing: is that 
on a controller, this is the dumbest conversation. <laughs> we have, you have multiple buttons with multiple hands. Like on a keyboard, though, one is your, you know what it is. I bet you if I got one of those like gaming mice that has like 18 buttons on the mouse, that probably would be a lot better. Oh, yeah, there's a, you want, right one, now, of, one of our coworkers has, has like one of those crazy mice that has like a full numpad on the thumb thumb side of the mouse. It's got like a million <laughs> buttons. It's amazing. That's that probably would be pretty cool. Do you want to anyway, hear some... I got some crazy shit to lay down on you really quick. Well, let's talk about the game itself. But yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I wanted to tell you what my key bindings are. I think that that's... that's okay, uh, sure. Yeah. So I uh, I, I played a lot of... I, I played Quake 3 kind of competitively. Ba- I wasn't... I didn't like get anywhere, but you know, I tried my damnedest. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and I had this really weird keyboard setup, and I'm trying to like translate that into Doom right now. And so the way I have set my keys up is... The number one key is to pull out the the assault rifle. I, can, I don't remember like any of the actual names of the mm-hmm. guns. The number two is the starter shotgun. Number three mm-hmm. is the super shotgun. Q is the rocket launcher. Uh, X is the minigun. F is my melee. It's a shit show. Like if you, what would you, you do if you have if the game supports a uh, wheel like a uh, you know weapon selection wheel? Then why would you even need? Buttons. Oh, because because time still moves when you have that wheel up. Yeah, I mean it's pretty slow. Yeah, but dude, it gets it gets crazy later on yeah. in the game. I, I think I'm I think I'm in the last level. If not, it's like maybe second to last level. Um, there's there's no time. I need I need every like frame of that yeah. game to be like okay. I'm gonna fire a rocket over here, and then I need to pull out my assault rifle and snipe that guy in the head, and then I need to pull out this and shoot that guy over. Like it's really like that. That's that's almost like. Its biggest strength is how crazy everything is and how really deliberate you have to be, but it's also sort of its weakness in terms of just how many types of deliberate there are in this game. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Do you think that's more than the first one or the you know last the last one? Oh yeah, the last the one? last one didn't have it didn't have the grenade launcher like the shoulder. Right. You, I think you could throw grenades, but this has like a shoulder mounted yeah. grenade launcher, and then there's like two different grenades you can throw depending on what you want to do. Um, and then there's the weird little flame turret thing that comes out and everything is like, if you need health, use this thing. If you need armor, use that thing. If you right. need ammo, use this thing. And like, all those are just discrete buttons. Um, the first, the, the last one had a little bit of that, but I think that the, the combina- the, the addition of the grenade launcher and the flame turret is maybe a little too much, I think. Yeah, that I, I totally agree, but I wasn't sure if that was just me tra- making the transition or if it was the game that was also introducing more, more, it seems like a combination of both. No. And I think that's my main issue with the game overall is like every, everything, the first, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say the first one. Well, yeah. We'll call it the first. Yeah. Game, the yeah. first reboot. Um, every, everything that it did, it, it was like, they were like, well, let's just do like one more of those or two more of those. So, yeah, you know, instead of, uh, instead of having the, the glory kills or whatever, you have you also have the the flame turret to get armor. So like glory kills are for health. You now have mm-hmm. the flame turret, which will get you armor, and then you have the chainsaw, which you also had before to get uh, ammo. I thought the health and the ammo was enough, but they they felt yeah. they felt the need to add this like armor thing, and I just it doesn't it doesn't really feel necessary because in order to it, it it for me it breaks I don't know if breaks is the word but it, it takes away from some of the cooler fights in that there's there's a fight later on and I I, I don't want to get like too spoilery with this um, 
where you were fighting sort of like, and it, it's in trailers, so I don't feel too bad, but you're, you're fighting uh, a guy who's supposed to be like a counterpart to the doom guy and he's Mm. like his mobility is like cranked and he can do all these like cool moves and stuff and there's there's moments in those fights where you're like oh man this is fucking cool because me and this other character are like dodging and trying to counter each other and trying to time our and like it almost feels like you're playing against another player and that's like a really cool feeling of trying to like outsmart this thing but the problem is because like the ammo economy and the health economy and the armor like all of these things are tied to being able to kill smaller enemies, they have sort of like backed themselves into a corner where every single boss fight requires that smaller enemies are constantly spawning in no matter what. So you never yeah. really get to just focus on this guy. You also have to focus on like these other assholes like throwing fireballs at you constantly. And it's like, man, I, it's okay if that's like later, but this is my first fight with this guy. It would be so cool if I could just focus on fighting this enemy and like just enjoying this fight for what it is right. rather than being like, oh, I'm getting fucking hit in the back by this goddamn thing who keeps spawning over and over again. Stuff like that's really mm. frustrating. Yeah. Um, I'm not that far in it, but um, I'm definitely enjoying it still. I think I kind of agree in some ways it's not as clean and refined as the last one, but uh, I mean, it's still, it's still great. It's still really good. I, I'm, so. Dude, I'm enjoying the hell of it. Like I said, I, yeah. I lost yeah. time today because of how much I was yeah. playing it. I caught a new butterfly in Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh damn, dude! Mm-hmm. How many how many bells was it worth? Two. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, what's next, everybody? Um, so I uh, I got my PC all ready for Half Life Alex coming out, and it was a few days ago. I was like, okay, well, I have some time. I have to play Lone Echo. Because that's a PC VR game, which I never had PC VR before. My first VR thing was PlayStation and then Quest. So this is like kind of some new stuff for me. Lone Echo is by Ready at Dawn, the guys that did the Order 1886. That blows my mind. And and the God of War PSP game. Oh, that's right. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. I forgot about Mm -hmm. that. Every time I hear... Um, Ready at Dawn in my head is... uh, the order uh, order yeah the order like ready at dawn is the order in my head because fuck, I, the tangent but i love the order more than everybody me too. else in the world oh, I, me too um and so like when i hear ready at dawn i'm like the order and then when i hear that they made this weird like floating around in space vr game it just it blows my mind every time and i've heard it like five times yeah and it's but like when you play it it makes perfect sense because the production quality is so high and it's so polished and incredibly well made and so it's like yeah it seems like i could i could buy that they did the order which is also insanely high production values and awesome um so yeah a couple i'm not we're not gonna spend a lot of time on it but basically and i tweeted this out like if you have a pc ready for vr that you've built for half-life alex or you just bought a vive or whatever um which a lot of people seem to have done prepare to for alex get lone echo it's so amazing Man, so when the, this the, when this episode comes out, Alex came out it, yesterday. It'll already been out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. So after you have totally burned through it and stayed, stayed up, you know, all day and all night playing it, and you're like, that was amazing. God, I want something else. I'm in VR now. I need I need another hit. Lone Echo is what you know you need to do next. Right. So flip it around on you there. Um Okay, so the basic premise is you're in a space station. You play as an AI, like robot guy, and you have a human uh, partner who's the captain of the ship, and she tells you things to do. And 
Um, the basic kind of story and structure of the game is imagine Dead Space, but not a horror game. So it's like you basically have to fix, there's an anomaly, you have to fix parts of the space station, you have to inf investigate this weird stuff happening, but it's all very grounded sci-fi, not horror. Um, that's the best way to kind of describe the overall thing. But the coolest thing about it, besides the storytelling and the, the atmosphere and the graphics are incredible, is the locomotion of floating through space. It's basically that VR game, The Climb, with zero G. So like you hold on to something and technically what's happening is the whole world is moving because like it's relative to you. But the coolest part is when you get to push away from something, you start flying in zero G and then you can grab onto something else from a different angle. And it's so much fun. Like it never gets old. It's just, you really feel like you're in one of those movies like Gravity or Sunshine or Interstellar where you're like, going through this cool like space station. Hmm. And awesome. then the, the first the first hour is you in the space station doing stuff. After the first hour is when you do your first like spacewalk and you've been in sort of semi claustrophobic, you know, space stationy environments and then you go into outer space and it's just mind blowing and it's so well done. And uh yeah, it's it's I can't say enough good things about Lone Echo. It's maybe it's by far the most impressive VR game I've ever played. Wow. It's it's not going for like a thrill a minute, like Beat Saber. It's not like a super exciting, fun game like that because it's a very atmospheric, story-based um, game. So it's, it's it's scratching a different itch. But in terms of just technic technical, uh, you know, sh a showcase for what VR can be, it's, it's probably the best. Do you know how long it is? Um, it's about six hours. It was like forty bucks, and it's about six hours, I think. Did you did you finish? And so, it? I, no, I'm about halfway through it. Wow. I played it a lot. I played it three hours in one sitting, a few nights ago. That's a testament. And, and, if if you Danish play a game and for three hours in one sitting, that's really impressive. Oh yeah, I can't believe yes, that. For sure. yeah. it's mind boggling. <laughs> exactly. I think the quarantine maybe exactly. had something to do with it, but. I mean, I have other things to do. But, yeah. God, it's all um, this free time I have, you guys. It's so good. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, um, uh, speaking of Half-Life, Alex, uh, you, Matt, have uh, concluded your Half-Life retrospective journey. Guys, we did right? it. We did it. We went through Half-Life 1. We went through Half-Life 2. We went through Episode 1, and we went through Episode 2. And... I've never played episode two. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know it's weird, isn't it's it? It's the it's yeah. the good one because <laughs> half, like episode. Okay, so man, there's there's so much to say. We're going so long on okay. banter. I don't I, I know. Don't wanna, it's, like, it's really fine. Get into it. Um, but the 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 progression of Valve's ability to tell a story between episode one and two is massive. And then yeah. episode one happens, and I should say Half-Life 2, episode one happens after Half-Life 2, and it's like, there's no story. The whole story is like, oh no, the thing's going to blow up. We got to get out of here, and we have this thing. And like, that's the whole story. Um, but then episode two is so much better, and like the stakes are so much higher, and the things that happen are so much cooler. Um, it's almost like, I almost regretted playing uh, episode one because it was like, this was a huge waste of time. I should have just jumped straight to two and been mm. like, yeah, okay, Kelsey, this is what happened in episode one. We ran away. That's the whole thing. But I didn't remember, you know, like it's been <laughs> yeah. so long since I played it. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say that it's been a very, very nostalgic. I don't want to journeys, the cheesiest word to use, but there it is. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I just Trek. remember. Trek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stroll. 
Yeah, this stroll. I mean, it kind of was stroll a stroll down memory lane, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a stroll down memory lane. Uh, I just, it was really fun. It was a, it was a, it, there's, so, there's so many things that I remembered and remembered wrong. So it was like a, a small part of me was, felt like it was doing it for the first time again. And that was sort of magical in a way. Can I ask what, uh, what are your, ex, like, do you have high expectations for Alex based on that progression oh, of storytelling that you just, just outlined? Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually glad you asked because uh, I think was it was it IGN I think yeah. did a did a interview, interview with Gabe yeah with Gabe Newell and I don't like it was good it was a good interview it was a very good interview uh not to toot my own horn, horn a little bit uh, I met Gabe Newell I got to meet him a long time ago I was terrified because he's he's kind of an intimidating guy despite being a very nice person mm-hmm. um, he is he is sort of towering in a way. Um, but uh, he's really matter of fact and not afraid to like say basically anything. Uh, as an example, we we so we, uh, we we went on a tour with Valve, uh, on a tour in Valve at Valve. Fucking what am I saying? We went on a tour at Valve and uh, we got to meet Gabe and we had been working on an iPhone app and he like voluntarily played it for us and was going to give feedback and his feedback was i don't know who this game is for (laughs) and it was like jesus christ gave newell i'm ready to like pack my fucking bags and never play never do video games ever again um so like that's the kind of guy that that you're dealing with so in in that interview that we're talking about when he says uh half-life alex is the best one that we've done like he says it in a way that is really matter of fact and not like not like oh i'm trying to sell our game but more like yeah no like from a from a very realistic standpoint he thinks half-life alex is the best product that they have put out mm. and yeah to- and, and and he's also upfront about like valve's own failures about like artifact yes. and steam machines he like names drops those two things of like ricochet what is Ricochet? Do you guys even know what know, Ricochet I is? is? I don't even know what Ricochet is. You probably missed it in the interview. Okay, so Ricochet was supposed to be Valve being like, this is what competitive multiplayer games are going to be in the future. Like, it was it was really <laughs> like a play at that sort of thing. I think it was free. Um, it had to have been free because if I paid for that game, I would have been crazy. When was crazy. this? <laughs> Oof. It was, I think it was, pff, I'm, I'm guessing, I think it was before Half-Life 2 came out. Okay. I think it was between one and two sometime and it was like right when two was starting to i don't i don't want to say anymore because i'm not positive sure. but yeah ricochet was <laughs> imagine imagine like tron it was tron it was the it was the disc like mm. throwing game in tron except it was there was like walls in the way and it was all about banking these discs around and like trying to kill the other was guy. it wind jammers was, was it like was it like killer wind jammers oh, it might have been i didn't really play oh, wind jammers is so good uh, but it was it was all first person, and the 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 way you threw the disc was locked to, like you couldn't look up or down. It was just like it was just like horizontal, like perfectly horizontal. You would always throw it. Huh. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really bizarre experiment. That I mean, I I guess it's good that they tried it, but man, it was a colossal failure. <laughs> I think. Wow. Um. Yeah, and the other thing I, I like about that interview is that they said uh, the, the interview question was something like, you know, how close have you gotten to Half-Life 3 in the past? And um, the answer was like, we don't just make Half-Life games. We make them to solve a problem or to like, yes, basically what you're saying good. is to push things forward. Like we make Half-Life games when we need to push things forward. And that is 
totally true. And that's something people have been saying for a long time. And it's just, it was so cool to hear it uh, coming from him. And I, yeah, I totally buy it as well. So they're hoping that Alex um, will push VR forward into. Oh, I think it will. I, I think it's, I think it will. The, yeah. the, the, the other thing that I wanted to say just about like playing Half-Life 2 and its episodes is the, like, so Half-Life 2 came out and their big thing was the physics and the, and the physics interactions, right? And then mm-hmm. after that, every game ever had physics, right? Like, like real, not real, but like, you know, they had a physics engine involved yeah. in, in a subway. Yeah, Red Faction but, and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even yeah. even so, uh, things, think when I was playing through like three days ago, things were happening uh, involving the physics that I have not, seen since playing this the first time and like really like as much as i don't really like the term like emergent gameplay things where like a lot of the enemies are programmed to interact with physics in ways like like the zombies will if they're if a barrel is blocking a zombie from getting to you they'll 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 like knock the barrel at you and you know there's there's a lot of examples of that exact thing but like i a zombie was walking at me and I was trying to reload my shotgun and my health was low health was low so I was kind of desperate and it knocks this barrel at me and I was like fuck 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 like I'm I'm like mashing the button <laughs> and I get this shot off and so the barrel's like right there and the shot knocks the barrel like hmm. out of the way and like it's just this really cool like barrel coming at me shoot it out of the way with my shotgun and then like pull out a different gun that's loaded to like finish the zombie and it was just like that's awesome. I have yeah, not yeah. seen anything like games will put physics in, but they will rarely have enemies interact with the physics in that way. And I think that's the difference. And I really hope that Alex is the VR equivalent of like physics being part of the gameplay in the way that Half-Life 2 had that. There's one example I want to bring out and I, I totally agree. And I think there's even some from the trailer, there's like little glimpses of like cool things you can do. Like, it's so dumb and simple, but like reaching through the window to pull the the rod from between the doors so you yeah. can open the door. Yeah, because in any other game, you would have to go around, right? Yeah, it's it's cool. But anyway, um, in Lone Echo, you're in zero G and there's like levers. You have to like, what, the first time you go for the um, spacewalk, there's the airlock that you're in. And you have to like, tur- like pull these big like switches, like these levers. And if you are just pulling with one hand, you, because you're weightless and the, the lever is like heavy you'll sort of pull it down, but you'll also pull yourself up. Oh, it's that's like good. really that's cool. cool. And so you actually have to hold yourself instead of yourself with some other, you know, Oh, like hand one hand hold. is on one thing while you're pulling yes. another. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, it was really cool. It's something I have not seen before. So. All right. So the question to the two um, of you then, before we move on, which I know we need to do. Yeah. Uh, I just spent 60 bucks on animal crossing. Obviously a great decision. <laughs> do I buy Alex or Lone Echo next? Well, uh, I think it, I, I think guess you kind of have to buy Alex. It's got to be think. Alex okay. because you don't want to miss. Echo, you're gonna yeah, it's the zeitgeist. Yeah, you, exactly. I, mm. I was just gonna say you don't want to miss out on the zeitgeist. Like that's something I want to be a part of for sure. You just want me to be able yeah. to talk about it next time I'm on the podcast. Is that look? Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> we like we've kind of alluded to. You know, we don't usually talk about games that are currently released. Like it's not a normal video game podcast. We usually do game design talks, pitching our own games and like talk about dreams like we're doing today. But, you know, we couldn't really help ourselves. Fuck it. We're locked down. We're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do whatever we want. But I think that next week we're going to make another exception just to talk about Half-Life Alex, I'm sure. So, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, all right, cool. Well, let's move on. Let's into... talk about some dreams. It's been, it's been let's dream it up. 
It's been a full been a couple episode. Weeks. At this yeah, point. two episodes. <laughs> um, so there's a we've we've all played um, a few of them. Uh, you know, the same games, and we've all played different ones. Let's start with uh, Tilt Shift Two. That's a game that uh, we've all played, and I thought it was um, pretty cool. So uh, I am bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was clever. I I it was it's one of those games where, and I find a lot of this on Dreams where it's like it's like there's only so much. I don't know how I don't know how Dreams works as, works as far as like the scope of a game that you can make, um, but. I assume that scope is limited in some capacity. Otherwise, people would be uploading just these like massive fucking creations, right? Um, and it would take forever to even play it. So, so a lot of games, it seems like really like rapid fire. Like here's an idea, and then here's an idea, and then here's an idea. And uh, tilt shift, tilt shift felt like that, but not in a way that was bad. It was like I got through the first level, and I got you know, I got it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like, you know, tilt the level to make the little motorcycle thing move. And yeah, I get that. You go over a ramp, whatever. And then the next one is like, oh, here's this cool, like new little, uh, little mechanic in there. That's fun. Okay. I get it. And I got to the third one and I was like, oh shit. Now there's like new mechanics again. And it's yeah. compiling. It's like a well-designed uh, game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like exactly a real right. game. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was my first reaction too, is like, it was really cool how it stacked those things. Um, and modifying the basic idea in interesting ways, like the magnet stuff, the switches, Mm -hmm. the bridges, like all that sort of stuff. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, my, I, my only like, uh, criticism is that it may be a technical issue. I'm not sure. There's a little bit of a dead zone when you're tilting. And that kind of, I had to get used to that. That was a little bit uh, odd. Like if you tilt the little controller, like barely, it won't move. A little bit more, it won't move. And then a little bit more, and I, then it'll still I actually, tilt. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that that was, I'm, I'm bad at the game, but I'm going to say that that was why I was bad at it. Yeah. But not so that's really. Why, yeah, it's because I'm fucking bad <laughs> at it. But that, that was like, it was acting in a way that I did not 100% synchronize with, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And the, and also the, um, I mean, I guess it, it's not an issue, but I died a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I <laughs> and I think that too, the sure. the little soft spot in the middle of the two wheels was maybe a little too sensitive. Yeah, like, I, you'd, you'd maybe like you could have just taken a nudge. Graze the ceiling or a wall and it would it would blow up. It'd be yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I thought it yeah. built well in the mechanics. Um, for me, the tilting of the world was a cool mechanic, but it, it sort of made me a little motion sick. Like I played the first two levels and I got to the third level and about halfway through I had to take a break. Um, which is a problem I've had going back to, you know, animation school. I would have issues with that. So I'm more sensitive to it than most. Although surprise, I wonder if um, I wonder if they like split if if uh, they split the background off, like not make it flat and but give it like a, a wide vista hmm. that's not tilting. That could, that could help a lot. I think. I wonder if that would have. I wonder if that would help if you're with your much. It might be an interesting idea to yeah, try. It could. It could either help or make it make way it worse. A thousand times worse. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. We just need to remix Tilt Shift yeah. Two and add a little background there, and then we'll uh, we'll find out ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's yeah up for that. But um, but anyway, yeah. I I really liked it. I think it's super cool, and um, I was really impressed by the uh, extra mechanics. And it's one that if it um. If it keeps getting updated, I'm going to jump back into it. And, and yeah, try and more. going back to Matt, your question about like how big can these dreams game be? Dream dreams games be? Um, and this one, like the different levels, it's obviously all loaded in kind of the same space, and the camera's just going from one to the other. But you can like link 
a bunch of scenes together. And so each scene itself can be rather large and then can lead to the next level and carry over variables and all that stuff. So it seems like you can make so, a pretty massive game if you really... So there's not it. like... Is there a... You know, when, when we are working on games, you have... You basically have... The, to simplify things, you have one level as a file and you'll have another level as another file. And you'll set up logic to be like, once you finish this level, load this next yes. file for is is dreams does not work like that you're it saying does, it's no, like it's it, it does one. it does work yeah. like that oh okay this this game tilt shift yeah. 2 does not it appears to have them all in the same kind of space and, i see but I, you can set it up that way yeah in fact that's a really good segue to one of the games i've been playing called um entropy games library which was another uh actually another uh suggestion uh on to, to someone should make this so um it it is it's hard to describe it's actually a game of games you launch this one thing called entropy games library (laughs) and you are given a menu of like i don't know like six games or more i don't i didn't even get through all of them um and it's like a ui element you just scroll through and like which game do you want to play i was like that's insane (laughs) i've never (laughs) seen that in a dreams are they are the games related in any way like no and that's the cool thing that they're actually totally different I I hope I'm not like overlooking some really clever way that they're interlinked, but I don't I haven't found it yet. I've maybe played when three you of finish, the games. Maybe when you finish the last game, you find out that they they were all all the games right, come right. together and they were all the same story. It was all a dream. No, it was all a dream. Exactly. You were dead the whole time. Oh, man. But anyway, so uh, that was very cool. And some of the games in there. The first game I played was it's like this Alice in Wonderland um, tableau. It's like a frozen in time thing. It's just a very simple, like, find the objects in this scene. And that's I've seen games like that before, and it's one of the more, like, simpler games to make. But this one was just very, very well done. Super, super high polished. Really cool. Me and my daughter played it together. We were both kind of, like, looking for things. You zoom in and out and track along this sort of, like, single path of Alice falling down the rabbit hole. Really, really detailed. Just fun, simple, nice game. The next one was one that I absolutely love. And if you guys listen to this show, you know it's right up my alley. It's called Jankbot 2020, (laughs) which is already an amazing name. And Jankbot 2020 is basically Quop. It's basically difficult controls to control your janky-ass robot to try to get as far as you can. I love games like this. And um, this one is particularly hard, actually, (laughs) where... And actually, I, God, if I wish I could have a picture of it to show you guys, because the robot is hilarious looking. He is just a monstrosity. <laughs> He's just the jankiest robot. Um, and so, like, you have a trigger. The right trigger has this, like, boost forward. The left and right sticks are his, like, arms. And then he has, like, a backward jet thing. And it's just... Anyway, it's really cool. Wait, I think um, I found a picture. Is this oh, like, there it is. Yes. He looks like a... Yeah, there he is. He, he looks like yeah. a... Like a dog. Yeah, they got like two Roombas for feet. Well, that and then... it's funny. That angle, he looks more normal than. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't look janky. That looks like, kind of cool somehow. I like Jankbot. Yeah, that looks like a. No, yeah, Jankbot. He looks like a leopard in, in that <laughs> yeah, picture. Yeah, he looks cool yeah. and sleek. I want. Yeah, but want when he him. starts to move, <laughs> it all comes tumbling down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that one I really enjoyed, and then the final one I just popped in. I didn't really play it all. It was like kind of a maze game where you're taking. You're collecting these orbs and you're placing them to the things in your rotating rooms and it's like a puzzle room sort of thing. 
Um, so th- there's like three or four more games in this collection, which is crazy to me. So it's just really impressive. And uh, is it uh, all Alice it in Wonderland themed? Because that's what I'm picking. No, up. I mean, well, Jankbot isn't. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So Alice goes down the rabbit hole. That's the first one, right? Yeah. And, then Jankbot. And then she is the she one. eats like a she eats like like the cake, right? And it fucks uh-huh. her up. And she gets, oh, and she turns into jank. She's all janky, right? Like you're, she's right. drugged out. She's janky. Wait a minute. So, yeah, and then yeah. the third one, like, there's totally a scene where she's going through. I don't know. Is so Jankbot is uh, sorry. I kind of, I kind of missed this, but Jankbot is one of the entropy games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of like the six or whatever. So games. I mean, I found Jankbot so, just you, by so, itself. So I'm curious if the entropy games library oh, is just like a collection of this guy's games. Oh. Oh, well that makes more sense. I think there's a thread though. I think it's it's Alice goes down the hole uh-huh. and she eats yeah. the cake yep. and she gets janky and then she finds herself in uh in a maze. It, it's all from the book. Yeah, it's all through the looking yeah. glass. I think you're right. Uh Jankbot does look really cool. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, Jankbot's fucking rad, yeah, dude. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um what else have you guys been playing? Uh I played this is one of the games that the medium molecule people made kind of in their spare time i guess while they were developing the game called comic sans um comics and then multiple mm-hmm. sans not not the font although that's obviously what it's playing um sand is in like desert sand yeah not- as in this type of stuff that i collect in animal crossing to sell back to town <laughs> um sand i assume at some point i'll start collecting sand so far it's just sticks and weeds so like how here here tom you put me on this desert island here's some, <laughs> here's some sand. sand how much how much sand do i need to buy a house it's a lot it's a lot of sand uh but it's a pretty like simple platformer it, it's it's got good controls and, and feels good um the most interesting thing about it though is that it switches styles about halfway through so it begins as like a 2d kind of like uh, crayony looking hand drawn deal and then about halfway through it switches to sort of a 3D or actually I guess it's right at the end it switches to like a 3D world where you're no longer locked to two axes but you're moving through 3D space and your character kind of gets upgraded to this um, 3D model version of what you've been looking at as kind of a crayony 2D character and it was just a cool kind of demo of all the different or some of the different styles you can do. A lot of the Dreams games I've seen have that sort of like artsy, um, sketchy sort of style, even the 3D stuff. And this game was a nice uh, a nice way to show like, hey, you can do more than just that. There's a couple, you know, there's other other artistic avenues to follow. Um, so it was a cool, cool, it was like a quick, you know, th- not even 30 minutes, probably a little, little game, but it was, it was, uh, it was good. It was artistically interesting. Nice. I think I've seen footage of this and it's one of, it's one of those games on dreams. And I think this is probably, uh, probably how a lot of media molecules creations go where I look at it and I'm like, how the fuck did they, how the fuck did they make that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That looks pretty cool. I'm looking at it now. It's all sketchy and it looks like, yeah, it looks, it looks like a two dimensional, like line drawing yeah. of a game. And like, you know, you look at that and then you look at the, you know, uh, pristine Jankbot model and it's Jaguar esque awesomeness <laughs> and it's just such a range of styles that you can you can get in this game. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I played a game. <laughs> it was called You Ready? Uh sit down. It's a long one. Shadows Dance at Olive Top Reach Colon a little RPG. Nice. It's a good title. It's uh <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I don't know what any of that stuff means. 
uh, other than RPG and little. But uh, <laughs> A, you don't know what A means. <laughs> Listen, or at? just go, just go with my joke. Um, so hey, in, look, all those words mean something. All, it's just in that indi- order. Yeah, individually, <laughs> I get the words. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you're like this little girl mage, and you know whatever. I don't ca- I don't care about the story. What I thought was super cool about it was it one. It's it is a turn based RPG, which this is the first in dreams that I have seen that does that. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I've I mean, seen that either. Um, and second, I I haven't. Do you have you guys played a lot of turn based RPGs in your time? Uh, Decent like amount. Final yeah. Fantasy stuff, right? So so tell me if this is unique because I thought it was unique. I haven't played that many. Um, once once you go into combat in this game. Uh, it, it, there's sort of there's sort of like a grid where your character can be, and then you know there's like the the little space between you and whoever you're fighting, and then they have a grid where they can put their units, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. If there is a unit standing in front of another one, they will actually, if you if you try to hit the unit behind another unit, it will negate some damage because you don't have like a good line of sight. Oh. So there's like strategy mm. to where you're placing your it's like a little bit, a little bit of tactics sort of feel. Yeah, there's some of yeah games. I think games have done something like yeah. that before. I, I've I've definitely seen so it in cool. tactics games, but I guess more in like like a straight up turn based. Uh, I don't know movie. if I've ever seen it where the character in the way like the second South Park game sort of okay. did that. Right? I don't know. No, all right. Well, hey, maybe this sure. fucking sucks then because I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's still really cool. Yeah. No, I think it's I yeah, it's really really good, really uh really well made. Um there's a flashlight button. I don't know I why, but when buttons. when a game has a flashlight button, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's the best. That's cool. Well, you you love Doom Doom 3, so you obviously love a flashlight button. <laughs> Doom 3? Uh not my favorite. Flashlight. The game. <laughs> Half-Life all of them have flashlight buttons, though. So, Last of that. Us had a half- right. flashlight button. That's pretty good. Uh, that's cool. All I the best games have flashlight this... buttons. I thought this game was cool. I didn't play it very far because it's actually like really hard, uh, and I'm bad at turn-based RPGs. That's why I didn't. That's why I don't play very many of them. But yeah, Shadows Dance at Olive Top Reach colon a little RPG. This. Well, I'm gonna add it to my playlist. This goes for to sure. my theory that uh, the the longer the title, the better the game on Dreams because it is kind of difficult to type uh, with a player. You gotta you gotta believe. You gotta have a dedication yeah. to it. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thought. <laughs> I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a spreadsheet and, and suss this chart out. It out. I bet yeah. I bet there's um, some averages that will. Uh, well, hmm. I don't know. I'm curious to see the data. No, we'll do, we'll do next, the math. We'll do the math. Next week yeah. when Danish comes back with all the data. I'll have a full report. Full report. Yeah. Um, I played a couple games. Uh, one of them, this is this is something I really like. It's it's just a joke. It's not a game. It's not a movie because it's interactive. It's just a dumb joke, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's called Old Man Using a Computer. <laughs> and you click on it, and you start it up. You see an old man sitting in a chair. You see a computer there. You click on the computer, and then turns into like... POV where like the computer is now your screen and you have like an old windows 3.1, whatever, like OS and there's a trash can and there's a computer icon and there's not much to do. So you start dragging things around. And as soon as you pick up the, the computer icon, the little lid on the trash can opens. So you're like, huh, I guess well, I'll see what happens. I drag the computer into the trash can. The camera cuts back wide to the man sitting at the table his computer vanishes, and the, and the old man looks confused. <laughs> and that's the game. <laughs> that's all it was. That's... It was like twenty sec. 
it was 20 seconds long and it was just this fun joke and it's kind of an interesting genre of just like gags just like hey i'm down with just a a 30 second joke like that's awesome (laughs) i'm absolutely down with that and especially if it's a if it's a a good payoff like that where you don't you don't know where the joke is going yeah yeah i think there should be more of those yeah good Uh, definitely i think the the closest thing to that is maybe like you know I was going to say Stanley Parable because that's not really a game. It's like, a, you know, just kind of going through and there's a narration and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, another one real quick is called Jurassic Putt, which is a mini golf game set in a jungle. And that's all there is to it. And it's pretty fun. And it got me thinking, Dan, um, that maybe we set our sights too high with Hover League <laughs> because... Really, no, your mouth. you take a game, you take a game like Jurassic Putt or, and this is not a put down in any way, but Tilt Shift 2, it's like you take a simple idea and you, the, the design of it, like the, the intricate, like mechanics and like clever uses of simple things is where you can really like show off your game design instead of what we're doing, which is <laughs> tons of work <laughs> for little payoff. Well, Anyway, to be fair, all. you know, the first thing I made was Lights Out, simple little game. I don't know that's if true. it showed off any game design. I don't. I would say that they did not do that, but it was a good way to learn learn the mechanics <laughs> no. of it. Um, and no, now absolutely. we're like we're like ninety percent of the way done with Hover League. So what's going on with Hover League? Because one, you guys won't let me play it, <laughs> and two, I'm not <laughs> trying true. that hard to play it. So what's going on? Well, okay. Do we have any other games we want to talk about before we jump into our Hover League update? No. All right. Dan, what's the latest in Hover League? So I guess I'll, I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Hover League is in a good... I feel like Hover League is in a pretty good spot. We have, uh, you know, the locomotion for the Hovercraft. It works pretty well. feels pretty good. Danish added in sort of like tilting and mo- like kind of a feeling of momentum that look, looks really nice. I think we covered that last report. Nah. So basically... Well, either way... I. I think the locom like the movement is the biggest thing that we were because the movement in the camera that's the problem like when last time we checked in the camera was locked to the hovercraft mm-hmm. and as you would tilt forward and back the camera would tilt also and it looked cool actually I, I liked it but that's not what we wanted to do that wasn't really the design of right. it and because we wanted those to be decoupled and that's what Dan spent the last week doing and uh, it and was I, difficult, I succeeded but he did ultimately he did it. Did it. It, I did it. it. Now the camera is not coupled to the tilting and and uh, you know angle of the of the hovercraft. It kind of stays behind and, and does its thing. But Danish also added trajectories, which I don't know if we had last time. So we have like a uh, we may have, but yes. But basically, like you can, as you hold down the button, there's five levels of power, and every every level a trajectory like UI arc shows up and tells you where your well, balls are Well, it's a series go. of circles floating in the air. If there's one thing that we've discovered yes. along the way, la- last time we mentioned <sighs> that I spent o- upwards of an hour making five dots on the hovercraft, and then... <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous, because that's not, not hard, hard no. at all. And then Danish, you spent an, a large amount of time... Like, yeah, almost an hour trying to model like an arc, like a bridge... Like a, a 3D arc that has some depth to it. And, and you failed so hard. I, could not I do don't it. think you've. I could. You haven't even booted up Dreams since, as far as I know. 
That is true. I mean, very recently I went back to it, like a couple nights ago. But yes, I was so disheartened by not making a simple goddamn arc that I, I almost I raged quit the game and didn't go. You back made fun for of me for not being able to make a hoop, and now you know my pain. Well, the difference the difference is that I can do the thing you said, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. Wait, I, you can make I, a I hoop. Like, you I, can't make an arc. Arc is just half a hoop. That's what I'm saying. It is, but you need to. What you can't do is change the vertices to map the exact arc that you want you can modify a half ring but that's not going to take you very far yeah i'm pretty sure there's a way to do all these things and we just we should really maybe play the tutorials sometime and see (laughs) if they i have played a decent amount of the sculpting tutorials and um i don't know here's a quick side thing um so this whole time we've been working on this game, we've have uh, Dan's, um, you know, donut <laughs> hovercraft primitive. It's amazing. And I thought, you know what? Um, while I'm in, <laughs> while it's I'm in so here, good. let me just look at the. What let me just thing? look at what the live, what the uh, community has come up with with hovercrafts. And I, I searched hovercraft, and there was one really good, very basic, like real life hovercraft model like what a real hovercraft looks like i'm like oh that's really cool we could just like grab that plop it in there put it in the grouping you know and everything should just work it's just a visual thing but as i as i kept looking i saw this one that was like a kind of a sci-fi hovercraft I'm like oh that's even better because we're going to be like kind of sci-fi themed i loaded up the scene and i was immediately just ashamed of everything we've ever done <laughs> because <laughs> this this fucking hovercraft you you start it up it like has UI in the corner, like boot sequence, oh, dot, dot, no. dot, initiating shit. And like it starts hovering off the ground and shit like wings open out and lights turn on. And it's like initializing this and that. There's this whole animation and like the model looked awesome. And then and you're controlling it and the controls great. It's like, fuck, what are we even doing here? <laughs> Guys, I'm looking. I just searched for hovercraft and there's some fucking rad hovercrafts. <laughs> yes, there are. Just, just steal one. <laughs> I'm glad that you did that because when you finally do play Hoverly. <laughs> no, I think I found yours. Is it this one? Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, no, let me that's see. not ours. Is... It's literally I will say that... a donut. Yeah, ours is. Oh, shit. Is, what is this? Um, we got to similar... play this. <laughs> I would say this one has better materials. Look, man, I just made a donut. Guys, if that one's better, I think you might want to pack your bags. No, 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 no. I don't know. That one doesn't have... Who knows what that camera system is It doesn't have the six spoiler. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That one's on water. Holy shit, you're right. (laughs) You guys said water was impossible. Uh, We didn't say that. We said we're not... Yeah, you did. I was like, I'm sure it's possible. I said it was pretty We said 1.0 wouldn't have water. Fuck. All right, I'm going to play... I'm going to hit this play later. Hovercraft WIP by the Game Sage. I'm playing this. Okay. Damn, we got some work to do. It looks like you jump through rings. Left hand walks the steer. This looks cool. Yeah, it does. This looks cool. That's Okay. All right, I'm guys. Sure, I'm sure that, you know, when Gabe Newell was making Half-Life, there was a bunch of other first-person shooters out there that looked better than his 1.0 prototype, and he carried on, and, you know... I have a... You know what? I have a real-world example of that. Um, it was, like, Nintendo Power or some shit. It was before... It was, like, early, early N64. There was two high-profile movie tie-in action games... 
There was Mission Impossible and there was Goldeneye. And Mission Impossible looked fucking rad. And Goldeneye looked okay. <laughs> and the whole time, everyone was like, yo, this Mission Impossible game is going to be so cool. Because it showed all the different types of gameplay and the graphics looked like way better. And they both came out and Mission Impossible was okay. <laughs> and Goldeneye was fucking rad. You just reminded me of the best fucking thing I have ever forgotten in my life. Back, okay. <laughs> Same thing. Back, back then... Yeah. I had a magazine that was like, Goldeneye comes out on this day, right? And I think yeah. Goldeneye must have gotten pushed back because that di- that day came yeah, and went. And we kept going to game stores and we we're like, Where the, where's Goldeneye? I want Goldeneye. And I kept telling my mom. I was like, Mom, you need to call every store for 50 miles and find <laughs> out if they have Goldeneye. And she did that and they never had it. And then finally, she calls like the mall or whatever. And they're like, Goldeneye. Oh, yeah, Goldeneye. Yeah, we have that. And we were like, oh, sweet, great. Can you hold on to it? We're going to come and we're going to pick it up. And they're like, yeah, sure, we have a few of them. And I was kind of like, that's weird. You shouldn't have a few of them <laughs> because we couldn't find this anywhere. Um, right. So we get there. And actually, my mom was like, my, like, my dad doesn't know video games or anything at all. But my mom was like, can, can you take our son, our stupid fucking son, <laughs> to the mall to pick up this game that he won't <laughs> shut up about? And my dad was like, yes, I'll do that because I am a good father. And... Mm-hmm. We went to the mall and we walk up and my dad was like, "Hey, do you have? We, you're, you're holding a game for us." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we, it's right here." They hand it to me and it is, um, uh, what the fuck? Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Mission Impossible game, just like fucking Danish was saying. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's the mission. They hand it to me and I'm like, and I was like, my dad goes, "Is that right?" And I go, "No, we're looking for Goldeneye." And my dad goes, "Yeah, it's supposed to be Goldeneye. That's Mission Impossible." And the lady was like, "Well, they're the same thing, right?" And my dad, fucking stone cold, goes, "No, that's Ethan Hunt. We're looking for James Bond." <laughs> and hands oh, it back, shit. and we walked out. <laughs> oh, it shit, was that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. Yeah, it was wow. rad. What did she say? My dad that's doesn't know games, awesome. but he <laughs> she just took, she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> she just took it. Uh. Oh man! Well, that's that was an awesome story. I think there's no way we're going to top that. So it's a good place to end it. Um, we'll be back with a normal episode next week, and then you know we may not do the dreams roundup every other week, but you know we'll periodically check in with it. Um, so yeah, um, and that'll do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. Thanks for listening. You can tweet at us at, at Make This Podcast. And rate us on iTunes. Uh, and if you've played a Dreams Creation you think that we would enjoy, send us an email at someone should make this podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. You can hear more of their music at mariachimes.com. Until next week, we've done the hard part. Now someone should make it. Hey guys, um, soup or sandwich? Uh, sandwich. Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Soup's good, but I'll probably go sandwich as well. Definitely.